0: In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups those who create history with their stupidity and the Shit Show podcast that covers them. These are their stories.
1: Hello and welcome back to Shit Show. You are joined by myself, Gus, and uh, my co host, Rig. How are you, mate? I'm fantastic, mate. I can't
0: wait to get this podcast underway with the best damn chip salesman I know. Oh,
1: goddammit. <laughs> for the last time, I am not a chip salesman. <laughs> I just do some weird shit for my job, <laughs> and occasionally I am in possession of nine thousand dollars worth of chips. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Shit Show, uh, your favorite weekly podcast that covers the best laid plans of uh, mice, men, women, children, and animals that go uh, particularly off the rails with hilarious consequences. So, when
0: you, when you say you're you like stead. Straight into my eyes. so it's, it's, I know it's mine. Well,
1: <laughs> I'm speaking directly to you because I know that it's yours. <laughs> That's the only thing I know for sure. So uh, we are back and uh, it is another fresh episode of uh, the weekly cast show. So for, for Rig fresh. has the segments this week. So mm-hmm. we're going to dive straight into it. Trainwreck Trophy is the first cab or vehicle off the rank, which is Rig going into the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Why every week, every single week, <laughs> going into the okay, internet? So, so, so R- Rig, has anyone seen that movie Tron? <laughs> Rick will be in and around the information and looking through that information for nuggets of wisdom. Once he puts the search term "train wreck" into f- fuck, Rig's gonna find funny shit. <laughs> His That's best three things that he found. There we go. We got there
0: in the end. So the first train wreck trophy. Comes courtesy of Central West New South Wales. Perfect. It's what, where is that? So it's a place called Coonamble. Okay, that did not, why did I even ask that? The, the, like you were gonna say a town, I'm like, oh, of course, my cousin's from there. No, yeah, no, it's, it's, no, no one knows this place. Big is shout it, out to Coonamble. Yep, so at Coonamble High School, what has happened is that they've just gone about their, their their business in in year eleven, tried to learn everything that they can, <laughs> until they found out that when they were going to do a major state run test, that they had been taught the wrong curriculum for eight months
1: <laughs> in mathematics. I <laughs> know. Oh, uh, I assume that they figured that out once they sat down and opened the paper. Well, I, I do, Some someone's obviously
0: flagged it. And we're not talking about some young upstart investigative teacher journalist that has suddenly gone, wait, these kids are learning the wrong things. It's like someone
1: literally was like, oh, fuck. No, that sounds like the work of sanitation detective George Soper. (laughs) And so everyone's kind of appalled.
0: Like the education minister is really pissed. Piece of human garbage. Ray Hadley was. He's jumped that, on it immediately. He's jumped on it immediately, like a rabid pit bull. Very small shout out to Ray. If you're listening, don't, mate. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, don't. Um. So, yeah, they, they had meetings with the New South Wales schools director, uh, school directors, and uh and and the school principal. They're trying to find ways to, around this. Yeah. Try. Yeah. And basically, one of the things that they said in this meeting that they had, one of the solutions was, well, if they don't do well, they can do it again next year. Oh, what? Why the fuck do is the it, kids it, have to pay for that shit? <laughs> is it year 11 or year 12? Year 11.
1: Oh, that's no one in it's year still shit, 11 because is it, doing it again next the, year. Because, I mean, the
0: argument is that setting the foundation for the HSC. Yeah, sure. So it's like, basically, they've had to go away. Make the and, teachers do it. They've had to go away. And essentially, they, they flagged it about eight weeks out from this major test. And yeah. they're like... Well, we better start cramming. So it's it's like I
1: mean I they've literally gone into as many go well you better start grammar I mean I don't know what to say to you <laughs> tell me this is a warmer style outcome where this school actually finished first in the state due it, to eight week cram sesh when I talk about Central West New South Wales do you think that's actually how it's going to end up Well I didn't think benchwarmers because was going to end the way that it did That's a lie <laughs> Everyone knew that was a Disney uh, Yeah So basically where it's been left So where it's
0: been left is the Department of Education has been contacted. comment. I can't believe that I haven't heard it. I tried to look for the further comment, like the follow-up story to this. Sure. There is none. I wouldn't imagine Uh, they will ever make another comment. Central West New South Wales, they're just going to sweep it under the carpet (laughs) like they do with the ice (laughs) epidemic.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Uh, There's their carpet is like one of those scenes out of The Simpsons where everything is just crammed under there. Yeah. It's like 17 years' worth of junk <laughs> yeah. under the cup. Car- Do you think they can see? The garbage underneath the golf course. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, um, it's absolutely that case. So that's the first train wreck for this week. Tough on Canamble, but uh, good on you. But Year good for a show. Students. <laughs> Sucks for you kids. Uh, but really for good us. for this show. Right. Another one. It's close to both of our hearts. Good. If, it, if this is a shit one... If this is an actual poo one, no, no, it's no. not close no, to both of our hearts. No, 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 no. It's close to both of our hearts, and, and, and you'll find out why. Okay. So we're at Phoenix Sky Harbour International Airport in Phoenix, okay. Arizona. Good. A lady by the name of Erin McEnroe Savage is trying to check in <sighs> some equipment. Uh, yeah. Sporting equipment for the plane. Okay. What is that piece of curling equipment? Oh, broom. A curling broom. Yes! It's... <laughs> The best. Oh, and, the, and that what, is awesome. And so what happens when she tries to check in the curling broom is the agent at the gate is like, that is not a sport. <laughs> <laughs> I got
1: it twice. I mean,
0: I know, that the Mc- pas- I know that the passenger's name is Savage, but the fucking agent <laughs> should be called Savage because that's what it was. And she's just been like, no, 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 that's not a sport. And McEnroe Savage is gone. It's definitely a sport. It's an Olympic and, sport. And quote, <laughs> and, quote, gave the customer service agent a history lesson about curling's origins. Oh, that would not have helped. As well as offering to demonstrate how the brooms worked <laughs> by unpacking them.
1: <laughs> All right. Now, I've got to get on this plane in three hours, but we're going to be here for 12. While I make ice in this airport, I'm getting the broom out. I'll get my stones. We're going to graffiti a target in the middle of the air- you, you wait. Yeah. This is a real sport. It's it's a real classroom. I'm not room. crazy at all. It's
0: like a real classroom scenario. It's like, okay, imagine this is the stone. She's got like a crumpled up piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> this is all ice. The carpet's ice. Yeah. The carpet is all lava. And you're just brooming <laughs> oh, in know. front. You see her furiously brooming and like staring into the eyes of the customer service agent. She's not having a bar of it. And then eventually she's like, this is curling. It's definitely a sport. Let me check it in for the $25 equipment fee. And she's like. Mm, fine, it's a sport, but it's actually longer than what we allow. Into, so you can't bring it on. So it'll cost 150 bucks. Oh! And she was like, I had to are you fucking serious? Like, <laughs> this agent has just
1: had the worst day. <laughs> you can also imagine curling is already a very, very weird sport. Yeah. If you're a professional curler, you're probably odd enough to have like a, a – fitted sheath over your brooms or like they're all in their individual like arrow style uh, compartments, which looks (laughs) stupid. It looks incredibly dumb. So I'm I'm 49% with the airport. (laughs) So (laughs) the
0: thing about it, right, is that after all this, they have an eight-minute exchange. This all goes on in about eight minutes. It's a long
1: time in an airport.
0: Yeah. And finally, after going back and forth, the agent finally is like, fine. I'll only charge you the 25 bucks. Great. Uh, reportedly. Why do I feel like that's not the end? Reportedly, when McEnroe Savage then packed up her stuff uh, and then was heading onto the plane, the agent reportedly said, I hope you never fly American Airlines again. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking brutal. Birds are on the way out. I uh, just like, yeah, it, it is just like <laughs> she's two days away from retirement. <laughs> 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 she's just not having. She's not giving any fucks at all. And so she puts all this up on Facebook, McEnroe Savage, and it goes
1: viral. Yeah.
0: So it goes outside of the curling community. And and, and, (laughs) and it 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 goes from the estuary that is the the curling community into the ocean that is everyone else. Of course. And people find, like, people pick it up. Like, USA Curling picks it up. Like, the American Olympic Committee pick it up. It's a whole thing. And American Airlines do exactly what you would expect in this moment. Deny, deny, deny. (laughs) Start putting out stuff like: we all agree curling is a sport, and our colleague in Phoenix never stated that curling was not a sport. (laughs) <laughs> that Kind of sounds like it
1: did. That sounds like almost the only thing that is definitive.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That uh, she definitely said it wasn't a sport.
0: Yeah, she. well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what she's saying. And then it, it went on this whole thing, this whole tangent. American Airlines are like, this didn't happen. And back and stuff, like, it totally did. And it's just this back and forth. And then people are just kind of like, at the end of the day, when something happens with an airline or, or a big company like that, yeah. people always call for stuff like, boycott the airline. <laughs> and it's just like, no one, people need to get places. And yeah. if American Airlines is going to give you, like, an $80 fare to go across the country, you're going to take it. People still fly Malaysian. Yep. Yep. People still fly Malaysian. They lost no less than two planes. They didn't. And it was like people were still buying those tickets because yeah. they turned around and were like, what are we going to do about this? Lower the prices. <laughs> and, then, like, and then everyone's just like, well, you can't beat that. Exactly. The last plane went missing. Price is king. Yeah, but. It's five hundred bucks. Like do you know what I mean? It's like people are just fucked like that. So that's the second train wreck.
1: That's that's enormous. All right. What's the third one? Third one. This is this is a good one.
0: Uh, so there was a guy who was in prison. It was, it was, <laughs> oh, he was he was a strong start. He was incarcerated just in one of those sort of county jail type scenarios. Uh so he's being held in Oklahoma. Basically, He's in the cell. Yeah. And another inmate gives him a pill to take.
1: Mm. Generally ill advised.
0: Gets a throbbing erection. Oh. <laughs> it goes on <sighs> for 91 hours. Oh, shit. This guy has a 91 hour erection. <laughs> he describes it as being the worst pain I've ever experienced. So what happens is, after, say... I have
1: so many uh, questions. After,
0: after, like, 20 hours, sure. he, he approaches the officials
1: at the jail and is like, I've got this massive erection. They reportedly <laughs> laughed at him. <laughs> I was about to say, in a jail? Yeah. When you, when you approach a, a prison guard and say, I have an enormous erection. Can you help me out? They <laughs> do not take that seriously.
0: They, they They just laughed in his face. Sure. And... Then he's like, "Seriously, something's wrong. You've got to take us to hospital." And they're like, Ugh, "Fine." So <laughs> they take him to see doctors, and they're like, "Yeah, this is a real problem. You've got to take him to a a, a urologist in in Tulsa, which is obviously the large city in in Oklahoma." Yeah, and or well, the nearest large city, and they're just like, "Hmm, okay." They didn't do that. They put him back in jail. <laughs> <laughs> so they put him back in jail, and he has to endure this erection. And the reason why this is in the news is because he is now suing. He's put a class action against uh, against all the officials there. And why even, is, why is even, there a... even, even when they were filing... This is how fucking weird this story gets. Even when they file the lawsuit, the lawyer, for some reason, includes language that implies that the plaintiff is dead. <laughs> like what? Like, he, he basically goes... <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Citing language in the petition that indicates Lance is deceased, county officials say representative of Lance's estate should have brought the lawsuit if, in fact, he is dead.
1: <laughs> Hold on, this, this guy's alive, right?
0: They seek to he do, just yeah, had a really and, long erection, and, so, and so, and so he's now, not beca- dead. and because because of what the attorney calls a scrivener's error, the the county officials are trying to dismiss the lawsuit on the grounds that the case is improperly being brought by a dead person. <laughs> it's just. So many twists and turns. I let me tell you something. Yeah, I would never take a pill from anybody. That is exactly. Let my alone thoughts. a fucking jail. That's also my If someone, if my some thoughts. big dude comes up and he's like, "Hey, baby, you look, you look <laughs> scared. Why don't you relax? Here's something to take the edge off. What and is then it?
1: All of a sudden, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It'll
0: make you feel good. Oh
1: man, because that's the thing. Why is it not the person who provided? Uh, the max cock pill, <laughs> yeah, uh, that is being called it because you can't sue an inmate for giving you something stupid.
0: Like you, you, you've got to do the old middle age poison, like king's poisoner routine. You know, so if he's offering you the pill, you're like, you fine, take you one. take the pill. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> You just, that, that's that's the way that you've got to get through that sort of scenario. Far so, he... I can't believe I'm speculating on a jail pill-taking scenario. I'm oh. never going to be in that particular situation. I oh, never say never, Rick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of life left for you to live. <laughs> the the scenario with uh, with this at the very beginning is surely that there's not any chance in hell that this guy didn't know what what it was. Yeah, it's a I I just I, even in jail I feel like there's there's a scenario where even you'd be savvier because they're yeah. always trying to kill you. Every everyone in, in, in jail, everyone's a
0: criminal. You have to be that you have to be so savvy in a situation like that. Why savvy. You know why? Because much they, more they savvy than they, normal people. They don't have government initiatives with posters on the wall with like
1: pictures of <laughs> cute cats being like, hang in there. Don't take pills in jail. <laughs> oh, also. If you get really sick, they don't take you to the hospital. They just put you back in prison. (laughs) They laugh at you and put you back in prison. Yeah. They laugh straight at your dick.
0: (laughs) And so that is the third and final train wreck for this week. So I'll recap them for you. So first we had Cunambal High School, who found out they were doing the wrong mathematics curriculum for eight months. Yeah. And no one seems to know how to fix it. (laughs) We've got the curler who was denied putting her sporting equipment onto the plane because the agent straight up told her that it wasn't a sport. And then we had the... 991 hour erection in the middle of the Oklahoma prison that the guards laughed at and they never actually treated who oh, are you giving it to this is a, this is one of those photo finish weeks
1: they're it all is. they're I, all very you, right? good
0: i told you before we started oh, no.
1: recording it was fire you did say strength um the the hanging fruit is the 91 hour erection uh, i like that quite a lot i think that the my only concern with the year 11 student uh, maths issue is that uh, that's actually going to cause some, uh, a small town quite a bit of pain. <laughs> um, you know what? You, it's we we have some big announcements coming up with uh, with the next Winter Olympics, and I feel like this is an omen. If you say that curling isn't a sport, then shame on you, American Airlines, <laughs> because it is the greatest. Most unathletic sport you ever seen on ice <laughs> since since the Kunamble uh, Year Eleven Ice Olympics, <laughs> the Ice of <laughs> So it goes to number two. American Airlines denying curling as an actual sport. So good. Uh, congratulations to American Airlines. Let's play the anthem. Train rare.
0: Train wreck. Train wreck.
1: Trophy. Yeah, so that is Trainwreck Trophy for this ep, which means that we move into my least favourite uh, segment. But what can you do? The people are voting with their thumbs. <coughs> By that, I mean no one has voted for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually ran into somebody... Who likes Poos
0: in the News. Oh, by no, the way, no, 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 no,
1: no. I, I should announce this segment. It's Poos in the News. Yeah,
0: it is. It's Poo's in the... Why don't you
1: tell the people what's involved in Poos in the News? So Poos in the News is a segment that Rig devised whereby you have to look through current affairs and find uh, something about somebody who's taken a dump in public or a funny shit story. Yep. Yeah, like you, you get in the picture. This is a, this is a serious segment <laughs> <laughs> where we look at where sanitation problems... In the world at large, <laughs> are hilarious. So, just before we jump in,
0: I actually was working at a at a gala on on Friday night, and we, we uh, get it,
1: we get it, mate. You go to events,
0: yeah. I'm I'm a pretty big deal. <laughs> and a friend of mine, shout out to you, George Organ. Uh, he told me his name is George Organ. It is Jorgen. I call him. That's, that's it's good to see you, Jorgs, on Friday. Absolute throbber. And he goes. He says to me. I really I'm really enjoying the show, mate. I said I really appreciate it. And you know, you know what it's like for us when we hear um fantastic feedback from our friends because true friends can just tell you it's straight up garbage. Mm. So it's it's really great. My to... mum still isn't speaking to yeah. me after that brag article, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so real orcs at my brother's birthday. Oh, hectic. So he basically told me, you know what, really love the show. Pooh's in the news though. I could do without it. Yes!
1: <laughs> I thought you might like to know. George Organ. You, my friend, I'm finding you on Facebook. We're going to have lunch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. As we move on to yours and George's favourite segment, <laughs> Pooh's in the News. So, Airbnb.
1: Oh, it's... All right.
0: Airbnb, I, I, you already know where this is going. I take it. All I, I need to I, say I is some that of what I hate about Pooh's in the News back when you <laughs> find gold. All, all I need to say is Airbnb for, for your brain to be like, I know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. A lot of stories like this come out every now and then yep. to be like, someone goes in, hires a place, trashes it, and that's exactly what's happened here. So a place in Paris has been rented out to a guy. Apparently the guy seemed nice. So she, the, the, the owner, she rented her studio apartment out to this guy.
1: The French are normally very, very scathing with their character assessments. So yeah. he must have put on a fair show.
0: Apparently later that she she actually didn't let him in herself. Yep, as is the case with I guess, every almost every European Airbnb yep. I've ever had, Me too. the person there has never done it. It's no. been like their parents or their landlord or their friend or whatever. Yeah, and they always give shit excuses like I'm trying to earn a living and working. Fuck off. So <laughs> I. Basically, the, what had happened was in this, in this Parisian apartment, uh, this, this woman had never met the man herself, but she was told by, by neighbours that he seemed nice. Only night, later did she learn that he was suffering from alcoholism and depression. The mm. renter had used the bed as a toilet. Oh, no, no. And there are photos, and I'm going to put them on the Twitter. They're hectic. It was floor to ceiling urine.
1: Oh, what the House fuck? House ceiling. How That's, is it on yeah. the ceiling? We, we were asking this last week about, uh, about airlines and how it's possible to shit up a wall. Um, <laughs> I don't Pe- understand. People in the poos in the, If anything, oh,
0: it, it asks you the important questions about physics. It's, de- it's
1: dedication. What are the car. limitations of humans? Yeah, it's, it takes a real velocity <laughs> to get that done. Like, I don't think it's that... Just, I, it's just raw human power. Oh, I don't have the equipment, I think, to paint the ceiling.
0: <laughs> I just don't. I I, I don't. I mean, do you need a stepladder for that? Like, I just <laughs> I don't even know like how you'd get up that high. Yeah. But the dude obviously has a powerful stream. Mm. Uh, so floor to ceiling urine. Uh, apparently, it, it there was so much damage and how wet the whole place was, it warped the flooring. Yeah, jammed the front door, oh, and there was man. extensive damage to the bathroom and toilet, and every part of the place was strewn with rubbish.
1: It's full of like beer cans, like just yeah. And uh, and let's not. Let's not downplay the seriousness of uh, alcoholism or depression. No. But, and I say this quite seriously, and if you, if you have issues with this, then, then come at us. But the reality of someone totally losing their mind to the point where they just shit and piss all over the place, I, I think you've got to draw the line somewhere and it's- say, you're going through a bad time. A lot of people go through bad times. Yeah. We don't all book Airbnbs and then decide to shit all over the ceiling.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so they reckon the costs are about 10,000 euros. Ooh, tough. So it's about 15 grand in our money. Uh, so 15,000 in dollary dues, And so <laughs> she's essentially suing Airbnb. Well, not suing Airbnb, but telling, like, Give us my money because this dude, this, this has guy's destroyed, destroyed. Fucking
1: destroyed my apartment. I reckon Airbnb are taking this the legal stance that this is not their problem. Seems seems like that would be the fine print. I mean, you, you'd think
0: that with, I mean, in this new world order where it's the the whole sharing economy thing and people are actually doing transactions with each other, mm. that the company almost absolves all responsibility. They're just a they're they're a carrier. They're a middleman. Yeah. It's fucked. And so Airbnb, well, a representative from Airbnb was like, this type of experience is extremely rare. Thanks. That's, <laughs> uh, I'm just, I mean, what, what are you supposed to say to that?
1: But, yeah, anyway, that is, uh, that, is, that, that, that is Poos in the News for this week. Jeez, where are you finding these ones of every single Poos in the News that you bring in the last month has involved someone painting the fucking walls with their feces? Don't ask, me about
0: what, don't ask me about my methods. That is don't ask me about my methods. You don't
1: want to know. It's the end of Poos in the News, which brings us to a far more popular and rounded out segment, the people segment. That is the one, the only, One Star Reservoir. You! I want to take you to a One Star! I want to take you to a One Star! I want to I wanna take you to a One Star! One Star Reservoir! Wow! And thank you, our own hackneyed version of Electric Six. <laughs> this brings us to One Star Reservoir. It is the segment where Rig has a look through the the internet. He doesn't go in. He just he just <laughs> browses. I swim through the internet <laughs> like a fish and finds the best examples of one star reviews, scathing reviews, Amazon, uh, TripAdvisor, just anything. Dimmy, anything. Yeah. Dommy, every- Tommy. <laughs> all of the uh, the reviews we've been doing uber a bit lately yep so what do you got going back to the classics okay. TripAdvisor. advisor oh good good we we took all the low-hanging fruit nips <laughs> one to twenty and we are starting strong title had
0: better service being mugged in the street oh that is a great great headline a few years ago, I was walking down the street when three lads in balaclavas jumped me, slashed me a few times with a pocket knife, and then finished it off by stealing a couple of hundred quid and kicking me in the head, leaving me completely covered in blood. <laughs> I would hand on heart say that they were more polite than the staff in here. <laughs> we'd, booked a, <laughs> we'd booked a table... <laughs> We booked a table for 12 on a Saturday afternoon, and to be fair, we can be awkward. One sister doesn't like real sausages because she's grown up on Richmond and their 38% meat content, <laughs> and another sister has a minor nut allergy, which we'll go into with great hilarity in Chapter 17. <laughs> but minor things like this hardly constitute being treated by lepers... Oh, personally, personally, I think the restaurant manager who's worked there for years is okay, and I'm used to her slightly cold approach. So when she began to take orders (laughs) two weeks after we got there, I thought she was being polite, but everybody who hadn't been there before were all wondering why she was so rude. So it was a bad first impression straight away. As nobody had mentioned the specials, I wandered over to the board and read them out to everyone. When the starters came, the soup of the day was wrong. We pointed it out, and she said to me, the board doesn't even say that. When I pointed directly to the board (laughs) that said it, she solved the problem by turning it around so you couldn't see what it originally said and then carried on blaming me. I wondered if we'd been there that long without food that I may have turned dyslexic because she didn't even bat an eyelid as she accepted no blame. Throughout the service, we were served by about 45 different people. I think this was a cunning ploy so you forget who to blame for what. (laughs) We asked we asked one girl for the cocktail menu and she told us they didn't serve them before spinning off before sprinting off. We pointed to a sign on the wall saying, Try a cocktail (laughs) to the next person who served us, a young polite guy who proudly told us he was really good at making them. So we asked him to give us three options and we'd choose one. We never saw him again. My theory is that he went to ask the manager if he could be flexible and she murdered him before shoving him in the cellar. I'm just waiting for missing posters to start popping up in the local area and then I'll tell my side of the story. All we wanted was a daiquiri. (laughs) Whilst ordering the mains, we asked the restaurant manager instead of beef if we could have two sausages on the roast. She said it was too busy. The table went deathly quiet as everyone was too intimidated to point out that they were the only table in the restaurant. (laughs) But 11 grown adults and an eight month old baby were all too scared by then to say anything. Instead, when she shouted, What else do you want? from the other side of the room without passing us a menu or anything, we just chose whatever we could remember. <laughs> My sister's boyfriend felt so victimized afterwards that I think he wanted to file a police report, but we told him not to as we wanted to leave the place alive. <laughs> Seriously, though, the most inflexible restaurant ever. The group was split on the food. I really liked both courses, as did others. The mushrooms and pesto were really good. Chicken skewer starters were excellent. My past edition, the burgers were a hit. But everyone who had the roast, not all of them are awkward, thought the roast were bland and the beef was really fatty. I got my daughter stuck in a high chair halfway through the meal. That was hilarious. <laughs> Literally nearly had to phone the fire brigade. It brought it brought some welcome light relief to a very tense table for about 12 seconds. <laughs> As desserts were ordered, the real drama began. My sister, the birthday girl, has a very genuine nut allergy. Not deadly serious, but if she eats eats it, her throat swells up and she has to have antihistamines. Now, maybe we should have been more cautious when we ordered the conversation, but the conversation went like this. Sister, does it have nuts in it? Young server, nah, it's a brownie. In hindsight, (laughs) hindsight, I think the girl misheard and thought my sister said, does that have fluff in it? (laughs) It's the only answer I can think of. Anyway, drama ensued as my sister took one bite before grabbing for her antihistamines as though her life depended on it, which it probably did. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl strolled off to be replaced by a member of staff, no- number 328, the restaurant manager who politely asked if we required an ambulance. <laughs> I couldn't look at this stage. It just buried my head in my hands as the (laughs) awkwardness consumed me. She asked if we needed an ambulance in the same tone as she'd ask you if you wanted ice in your drink. I thought she was going to continue with, or do you just want to die here? If you do die here, then we'll take the brownie off the bill for you. (laughs) Once my sister had finished going into anaphylactic shock, I ate the brownie and I must say it was delicious. A lot of very large nuts in it though. (laughs) The meal was rounded off with one of the most hilarious scenes you could witness as three of the staff. They must have lost an epic battle to be the ones that had to come over to the table. Came over singing happy birthday. We all joined in and ended it by all shouting together. Hip, hip, don't die. As the, as the chorus ended, the restaurant manager put the cake down before saying, be careful, it says it may contain nuts. Before walking off like a performer does after... After doing a mic drop. Oh, Oh, God. Uh, So, my sister just glared at me. Of course, it was me that had bought the cake. As I checked the bill at the end, I noted that nothing had been taken off the bill, not even the cheesy garlic bread, which came out with dessert. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was because we'd asked for it to come out with a balsamic vinegar. I imagine it took so long because the chef went into a rage and refused to do any more work before the staff promised to stop giving in to customers. This could be the only reason, because it's clear that this is the most inflexible restaurant you could possibly visit. A truly terrible experience, but the worst thing about all of this is that I'll have to go in and get it at some point because the pub down the road is even worse.
1: <laughs> that is fucking all time. Oh, yeah, that's t- that's... That's top three. Uh, That's top three reviews in history. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, uh, all
0: right. Fuck. All right. got <laughs> I got ke- to keep moving. i got to keep moving like oh, a go. shark. Like a go shark, mate. i got to keep going. Keep hunting. Next one, title, about as funny as syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my friend, you, you'll actually know about this, having been to New York a few times as it's I not, have as well. I'm
1: glad that you clarified that in the yeah. <laughs> end of that sentence. Yeah.
0: Me and my friend were approached by a guy in Times Square promising the night of our lives for 20 bucks each. He explained that Michael Michael McIntyre had performed there the previous week. Obviously, he must have grown tired of performing in front of 120,000 people at the O2 in London (laughs) and decided to instead perform to 12 people in a backstreet bar in the middle of New York. The venue's welcome was about as warm as the the heating. A homeless person who we met on the street last week actually cracked funnier jokes than the so-called comedians (laughs) at the stand-up. Including, what do you call a woman with one leg? Eileen. Absolute classic. (laughs) Unlike the dribble we listened to at the show. Another con was the $20 limited spend each. We had one bottle each, so that cost us a whopping $20 per bottle. (laughs) Please, people, if you're approached to purchase these tickets, politely refuse, go home, grab some rusty pliers, and proceed to pull your toenails out with them. (laughs) A much cheaper and more entertaining (laughs) night.
1: Mm, That is pretty much par for the course with Times Square tickets that you buy. (laughs) If you ever go to New York, Listers, do not buy anything from the Times Square Spruikers. Anyone,
0: yeah, anyone who's talking to you in the street, just keep walking. It's, I guarantee you Louis C.K. is not playing. And here's the final one. You could probably sense a theme here. Title, worse than herpes. <laughs> oh, okay. This place is terrible. Where do I start? Book two nights only, Stayed one. The room was vile, hair on the bed. A mysterious brown streak ran up the wall next to the bed. It's not mysterious. It's just the <laughs> same guy from All Rigs Close the News. The whole room stank of piss and there was an unflushed toilet on arrival. And then to make things even worse... There was no key to let us back in the front door after we got back from the pub, so we were locked out, and I had to do a commando roll through the window to let me and the missus in. And on top of all that and on top of all that crap, when we finally found a clean spot in the room so I could pound the missus, the walls were so thin that every lucky dog in that hotel could hear us. I would literally rather catch AIDS or get cancer than stay there
1: again. Ooh. Oh vicious ants. <laughs> He's taken no oh, prisoners. Really, really, absolutely no prisoners. Really happy for your uh, your sex life, though. Oh, <laughs> and
0: that's... you f- and you feel that comfortable talking to complete <laughs> oh, strangers on the internet about it.
1: Totally. And not only that, that despite the fact that this sounds like a prisoner of war camp, you still got a high libido. <laughs> Just gone, (laughs) you know what? We're not going to let this get in the way of our happiness. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Just don't look at the brown streak in the eye. (laughs) Face the other wall.
0: (laughs) All right, and that is one-star reservoir for this week, mate.
1: That is ripper, mate. You've absolutely dominated that. Good week.
0: So, to cap off this fantastic week, we've got (laughs) Gus doing the meteor portion of this week's cast. Every week, one of us, uh, in this case Gus, will go away and they'll do a larger, more historic Piece where they get to deep dive into it. It's the shit show spotlight or the shit show story time, whichever you prefer. It's completely up to you. Gus, what have you got for us, buddy? Mate,
1: it's a modern one, modern-ish. I'd expect nothing less. (laughs) It's it's just the way that I roll. And it is aircrafts. Ooh. So I want to, at the very beginning, just make it very clear that in this story about a flight that doesn't go great, no one dies, great. Because so I had to draw the line. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've spoken about this before. We have at that, length. That yep. it's you can find a lot of incredible instances in history where, yep. uh, through either Machiavellian or just error, yeah, uh, a lot of people die, and that yep. makes it way less funny. Yeah, just the comedy proportion. It, it definitely. It definitely deaths. Yeah. Death, death to, uh, to to comedy, it's a, it's a scaled ratio. I will, I will say this, though.
0: When uh, I did the piece a number of weeks ago on the, the Battle of Karen Sebish, where a whole bunch <laughs> oh, of dudes no. died when that's... the army fought each other. I mean, that's funny, because it, it's enough time's passed and that, Five, and that, that whole thing. 400-year rule, surely. Yeah. <laughs> the 400-year rule. <laughs> yes, work. so good. Yeah. Sorry,
1: go on. Okay. Air Canada Flight 143. Okay. It's a flight that on the 23rd of July, 1983, was flying between Montreal and uh, Edmonton. It's yep. so a Boeing 767. Yep. In order to tell this story properly, you need to know a little bit about what was happening in Canada okay. around, around that time. Okay, <laughs> Canada was being forced by its government to change from imperial to metric ah. measurements. Uh, obviously, America... I know, retains I thought, just, I thought they just always had metric because no. they were a British colony. 1983. Wow. They uh, they they changed to changed to metric. Fucking water cooler chat right <laughs> here, <laughs> is it, isn't it? Someone's going to bang this out on Monday at work. It is epic. Anyway, so they they're changing everything to um to metric. Yeah. Um, might might have been 1982. Anyway, that that period. Yeah. A lot of Canadians are pissed off about it. Yeah. They they're basically like, well, we're just going to keep using imperial. Yeah. And uh what are you going to do about it? Aboot it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: and, and, so, and so, this 767 Air Canada gets real amped because they buy a 767. Yeah. This thing arrives in February of uh of 1983. Yeah. It's their only 767. Okay. The 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 jewel in the crown. Yeah and because it has just arrived and because it's a new a, a new aircraft i mm-hmm. only started manufacturing them uh a couple of years earlier mm-hmm. there's there's some some things that you'll start to see that are a series of incredibly stupid oversights <laughs> mixed with just like the worst safety procedures in history <laughs> so effectively here we go. At the very beginning of uh, of of this uh, this story, it's a couple of days before um, the actual flight. So there's a there's a thing called the fuel quantity indicator system on a on a Boeing, or okay. the FQIS. Yeah. And what it does is it's your fuel gauge, like in a car. Right. Yeah. shows yeah. shows you uh, shows you how much you've got. It calculates the fuel load. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tells you how far you can go. It's yeah. a projector. It cross checks. Um, there's two of these things. Right. on a On a Boeing seven. So it's like what's in a car, but, but it, also nothing like. But what's nothing, in a nothing car. like But nothing like <laughs> in a car? Um. So you uh, know and there's two of them. So so it, it cross checks against uh against each other. They uh, they're constantly. Uh, measuring how much how much fuel's in there, yep. etc. So that that is the gauge that you would that you would use to tell how much fuel is in the is in the plane. Yeah. Here's the thing. The Boeing seven six seven was measured in metric. Oh no. So the amount of and if you don't know what the conversion is from pounds to kilos, it uh. is. It is approximately it's for b- for those playing along at home. One pound is about zero point four kilos, or if you want to go uh, go the other way, it's about 2.2. Yeah, two point two pounds equals one kilo. Now this plane needed twenty thousand four hundred kilos of fuel. Uh, they measured in kilos of fuel. Yeah, it's liters, but it's uh, but they. So they instead of doing liters, they do they do kilos because it's about the density of the of jet fuel.
0: Oh, that's, right, of That's course. about where my scientific yeah. knowledge for for, yeah, for that right. ends. But, yeah, but yeah. They, that makes that makes sense, obviously. For the yeah, yeah, that's like when they sit people on different parts of the plane. Yeah, like on the smaller planes, They're like you have to go on the right you side. Go on the right like, side. Why? Are you saying I'm fat?
1: Uh, like basically, we need you to <laughs> we need you to balance out <laughs> the plane. So the entire airline industry had two options: either measure fuel in kilos or measure people in liters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I could know how much volume I displace, I would. I'd just be wrapped.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you, you would have been would have been all right if it was uh, was pounds. I think, I think this,
0: this is Rig. He holds one hundred and twenty <laughs> cubic kilos. litres.
1: Anyway, so as you can probably tell, the people who are loading the fuel into this plane, yep. new crew, have put in. 20,400 pounds of fuel, which is about 9,000 kilos, uh, which is less than half the fuel that they would need to fly from uh, Montreal to Edmonton. It's a big fucking
0: country. Yeah, it's huge. What is that flight? That's like a Sydney to Perth type deal, isn't it? Oh, look, it's a... a (laughs) (laughs) about. Stop asking me leading questions. It hasn't come God. up in the
1: research. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell, Rick. <laughs> you know that geography is not anywhere near my strong suits. I would... I'm, I'm just glad we have English place names in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and English names. So be it, chow. <laughs> Am I copying a mountain of shit for that? Still. Your mates are just tagging me. <laughs> they're just tearing <laughs> you a new arsehole. <laughs> they're, not, they're, they're not even... It's not even a news article. I'll just get tagged in something and I'll open it and it's just one of your, your mates just going, Beard shout! <laughs> I'm like, okay. I get it, guys. <laughs> anyway. So, there's, a, there's half the fuel I need in this plane. Yeah. Which would normally be picked up by the FQIS. Yeah. Unfortunately, the FQIS on this aircraft has a bit of a fucking issue. Because uh, in the event of both channels failing, there's no fuel displayed in the cockpit, and the, the plane is considered non-serviceable, and it's not authorised to fly. But that would in- involve both of the of the FQIS channels failing. Right. I'm going to go through this as simply as I as I can. Okay, because I had to read it about 50 times <laughs> yeah, to understand okay. what's going on. In short, there's uh, this bloke comes through and checks both of the um, of the the FQIS channels. Yeah. When he when he checks the second one, immediately all of the uh, the gauges go blank. So Whoa. it's faulty, right? But he looks at this and says, "Okay, there's a workaround that all these maintenance guys had uh, uh, had told each other, which was you pull the second channel out. So you just tag it and pull it out, then it works again. So the first, is, so is that the fucking? Corporate IT solution, mate. Like pull, like turn the plug off. Turn the plug off. Take the plug out and then put it back in. Dude, they had two of these things for fail-safe, so they go, oh, it's all right. Just pull the second one, and then uh, and so pulls it. Gauges go back up. Fantastic. What the actual what? fuck? In what universe is that? a that is, is actually, that a flight that safety is a procedure. Fucking, that is
0: a fucking IT band aid solution. Yeah. Un-
1: that is ridiculous. Unbelievable. Anyway, but he, but he tags this thing and puts a, puts a thing on it going, uh, found fuel quantity indicator blank, pulled and tagged number two. So he's, he's gone. He's at least procedured it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't say anything in there that he's disabled the second channel because if it, it makes the first channel work. Yeah. It's just a thing where it's just tagged. So before departure, this engineer informs the pilot of the problem. And confirms that the tanks would have to be verified with a float stick because that's the that's the rule. Is like that, like, a, like a dipstick? Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly that. So if you've only got one channel working, you you check you manually check. You manually the fuel. check the yeah. Totally. So in a in the first misunderstanding, the pilot believes that the aircraft has been flown with this fault from Toronto the previous afternoon. Okay. Which and that flight provide, uh, proceeded uneventfully. Thus, therefore everything's fine with with fuel gauges. One, one channel. So he's like, great. There's no issues here. Right. Uh, <laughs> once the plane arrives at Montreal, there's a crew change for the return flight back to Edmonton. Right. The outgoing pilot informs the incoming pilot, Captain Pearson, and First Officer Quintal of the problem with the FQIS and passed along his mistaken belief that the aircraft had flown the previous day with this problem. Right. So Chinese whispers. Yeah. So he's told the new crew, yep. who are now like, well, this has flown... Twice with this This is fun. Yeah. Uh, in a further misunderstanding, oh, shit. so it's, Captain it's, Pearson uh, believes that he was also being told that the FQIS had been completely unserviceable since then, so the fuel gauges didn't work so, at all. So everyone's literally flying blind. On so hill. he, so he thinks. So that he's that just,
0: so he, he's just like, we've totally, it's totally fine. Yeah, there's been a bit of a cock up, but we're all totally fine. Don't worry about it. Correct. He's Which, li- and he's literally and he's gone, a and he's pilot. Told, He's, so he's the
1: captain of a commercial jumbo jet.
0: Hey, look, it, uh, it reads zero fuel. It's in the red part of the speedo <laughs> uh, or the fuel gauge, but it's totally fine. Don't worry. It's, 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 it's just fucked. Don't worry about it. Purple monkey dishwasher. And that, then just throws it out into the ether. It's, it's That's pretty,
1: fucked. That's pretty much it. So while the aircraft's being prepared for its return to Edmonton, a maintenance worker. So this is on the day of the flight uh, question, the yeah. 143 maintenance worker decides to investigate the problem with this faulty FQIS. And so to test the system, he re-enables the second channel, at which point the fuel gauges in the cockpit, uh, the cockpit go completely blank. Yep. He's called away to perform a float stick measurement of the fuel remaining in the tanks yep. as per the procedure, if only yep. one of them works. Yep. But distracted, he fails to disable the second channel again, which renders the entire fuel gauge completely inoperative. What? <laughs> the FQIS is now totally unserviceable, and the fuel gauges are blank. And so he doesn't do the dipstick. He goes and does the dipstick. Yeah. So, so, but he, but when he comes, he doesn't come back. Right. He forgets to finish this thing. Oh fuck! So he doesn't pull the pull the second circuit again. Uh. So this thing stays in. And the problem here is that the captain Pearson is under the impression that the fuel fuel gauges are supposed to be bl- blank because that's what he got told by oh, this incoming pilot oh my God. so this is a recipe for fucking disaster uh, <laughs> because it's a really new aircraft uh, and there was a there's a lot of changes that had happened uh, and things that have been sent from Boeing. But it's a, it's a new aircraft. They're like, great, yeah. there's going to be changes all the time, safety updates, et cetera. But it's yeah. also the 80s and there's no internet. <laughs> but it's
0: also the 80s, so they're
1: racking up in the cockpit. <laughs> to- totally.
0: And partying with their pastel with the, blazers up to the elbows. Exactly.
1: So there's a thing called the Master Minimum Equipment List or, or affectionately known as the MEL. That is the it's the Bible. It's like the aircraft right. it, it's like the instruction manual. Yeah, it's instruction manual. Yeah. It's fucking enormous. Yeah. Thick. But because this thing had been delivered quite recently, it only just come off, this was the 47th 767 ever. Right. So it's really recent in that yeah. there are 55 changes that have happened to this written document, and a lot of pages were blank pending oh, developments of no. procedures. So, because of this unreliability in the uh, in the mail, because there were a lot of packages uh, pages blank, yeah, it became practice for Air Canada to have flights authorized by maintenance personnel instead of flight crew. Right. So the maintenance guy, who's done the dipstick, yeah, and he's the one the thing plugged in. He he's signs got the off authorization. Ah. Oh. So so he signs the flight off. Ugh. So we are shaping to get mm. fucked here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the only We're f- fixing for a fuck up. <laughs> the, the only thing that is going to save them is this fuel measurement dipstick. The problem with that <laughs> is that the float stick check indicates that there are, because it is measuring in pounds. <laughs> Oh. Indicates that there are seven thousand six hundred eighty-two uh, of s- s- what is is effectively jet lead- leaders in there, but the conversion that they did, which was times one point seven seven, takes them to their uh, takes them to their uh, their threshold. It's like mm-hmm. sixteen hundred, and so they put yeah. a bit more fuel in there, yeah. uh, rather than looking at it. And they sh- it should have been reading about eight thousand. Kilos, so yeah. they put about another thousand kilos in there, which takes it up to about nine thousand seven hundred. And they needed half the fuel. They need yeah, twenty thousand liters. Fuck, twenty thousand kilos. kilos. Sorry, yeah. Fuck me. So that's that's it. They, they and and because they this captain knows the problems with the FQIS. Captain Pearson double checks their calculations, but because he's also working on Off pounds gets the exact same incorrect conversion factor, and <laughs> came up with exactly the same error. Shit. So that's the start. They are in a plane with 65 people on board, carrying half the amount of fuel, oh, wow. carrying an instruction manual that has blank fuckloads of blank pages with a blank fuel gauge, which, as, as you find out by reading... All of the stuff behind this is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so they are literally, and I, this, this has got to be where it comes from—flying by the seat of your pants. Oh, mate, it's it is unfucking believable. So basically, uh, it it comes out later that it is it is illegal to um to fly with that that level, with, with those gauges blank, and uh, you do, you can't do it. That seems to be the sensible thing, but. Because this because this aircraft is new and it's shit was a bit looser in the eighties. This captain, this captain's like in the, in the pastel jacket. <laughs> he's Pearson has assumed that because they did the dipstick measurements, and he's he's made them do them twice. He's like, you dipstick that twice. I want to know how much fuel's on this plane. And they're like, yeah. yes, Captain, you're the safest pilot we know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, because there's nothing in this fucking Bible, yeah, that it, that that properly explains it, he's like, "Mm, well, we're good to go here. Just checking. All right, check the instruments. Fuel gauge, blank, as I expected. (laughs) It's like, oh,
0: oh, no. (laughs) The fuel gauge is blank. Amazing. Perfect (laughs) fly, baby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Feel the Gs. (laughs) Feel the Gs. All right. So they're cruising at, they they take off, they're cruising at 12,500 metres, 41,000 feet. Over Red Lake, Ontario, and the aircraft's cockpit warning system goes off, indicating a fuel pressure problem on the aircraft's left side. Mm. Because they were positive and they knew that they had all of the fuel that they needed to, because they'd done the dipstick check, the "don't worry, I'm an idiot" uh, check, they turned that alarm off, assuming, what? assuming that what? It, assuming that a fuel pump <laughs> assuming a fuel pump had failed, the pilots turned it off, like a fucking snooze. Correct. They snoozed a fucking fuel (laughs) arm? They did. Uh, Assuming, a lot of assumptions in this rig, this is the origin of why people say, when you assume you make an ass out 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 of 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 you you and Captain Pearson, (laughs) (laughs) as the saying goes. (laughs) So they turn it off because gravity is supposed to feed fuel into the aircraft's two engines. They're like, "That's fine. We don't need the pump. Gravity'll do it." Well, I think that was proven to be also incorrect. Um, the aircraft fuel gauges were obviously inoperative uh, because of the electronic fault. So they're like, "Great, that's fine. It's in the logs. We're cruising yep. along." I've wa- I've watched an interview with the pilot, and he literally he's got this great mustache. If you if you if All great pilots do. If you haven't seen it, then then have a have a look at it.
0: I'll tell you this as an aside. My friend is a pilot. You actually cannot have stubble. You can only the
1: only facial hair you can have is is a moustache as a pilot. Great. Yeah. Well, that was the only thing that was safe in the eighties because this fucking ain't. <laughs> so they're cruising along, um, and uh, and and oh, in, in the interview with, with the guy, he's like, "It was the most tranquil day I'd ever had in an aircraft." Oh. Until <laughs> it wasn't, <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and so they're just they're they're loving life, yeah. as you say. They're doing rack of uh, off joysticks and just yeah. just having a great time. So during the flight, the management computer indicates that there's still sufficient fuel for the flight because these guys have manually put in twenty thousand four hundred kilos, uh, twenty thousand four hundred pounds, pounds yeah. into this uh, into this thing. But because it doesn't say pounds or kilos. It's just 24, the 20,400. just a number. So they're yeah. assuming that so that, that is the right one. That's the right thing. Yeah. And the computer is feeding them back all of their, their stats according to a full fuel load. Yeah. Because the error meant that less than half the fuel in, intended had been loaded, uh, it was providing correct readings. And a few minutes later, after this first alarm, a second fuel pressure alarm sounded for the right engine.
0: Yeah, because that's what happens when you
1: snooze. It comes back. (laughs) No, this (laughs) is... After nine minutes. First one was the left engine. Second one is the right engine. Right, okay. So the pilots go, "Mm, should we snooze that one? (laughs) Well, left and right, they got to be equal. Fortunately, they don't snooze it. They go, "Mm, that's probably too much coincidence. Yeah. We'd better divert this thing to Winnipeg.
0: Yeah. That's it. Back to Winnipeg. Winnipeg.
1: (laughs) If you kids don't quiet down, we'll turn this thing right around back to Winnipeg. (laughs) So within seconds, the left engine completely fails and stops. And they begin preparing for a single engine landing. Shit. So shit has gone from zero to a million. (laughs) Oh my God. That is, (laughs) it's so fucking nuts. That is your worst fear. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Uh, also, the pilot gets on... So Captain Pearson jumps on the uh, on the radio. Uh, folks, uh, we're encountering a, an electronics problem that we don't understand, so we're uh, going to Winnipeg. So hang tight and we'll keep you updated. And, uh, and Classic it's like, captain's message. That's, yeah. that's great. That's how a captain should sound.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For, forgets to put the button on. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> we got to land this thing!
1: <laughs> so... As they communicate their intentions to the aircraft controllers in Winnipeg and they try to restart the left engine because they're under the impression that, uh, that they have a fuel lot, f- full fuel load as, as well. The cockpit warning system sounded again with a sound that neither pilot had ever heard before, which is described as a long electronic bong sound, which indicated that both engines had failed. And they were now flying with no engines. They were gliding. This story, my friend, is referred to as the Gimli glider. (laughs) Oh. They had no power. Holy shit. Because in the Boeing 767, all the power in the plane, it's the first time that the Boeing's like, we got a great idea. Let's make all the power in the plane produced by the engines. Lights, controls, oh, hydraulics, no. the whole thing.
0: Oh, the whole plane. No, 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 no. So they now
1: have no power. All the lights go out. Oh my god! Masks drop as you as you can as you expect. People lose their fucking minds. Absolutely. <laughs> There's only sixty people on on it, and I think carried like 180 people. Yeah, and they are fucking out of control <laughs> the, the crew are desperately looking for answers a, a, an explanation yeah. from from the captain fuck so these guys dive into uh, the all trusty very thick mel their big blank pages thing shit and they look up <laughs> what you would expect uh they look what up, to happen when engine fails? They look up blank. They, they look up the sec, the section for for how to land the aircraft when both engines have failed, and that does not exist because no, no one has
0: ever oh thought that God. that would
1: be a possibility. It there is no procedure. Oh fuck! It's a seven six seven. Shit! It, it is fucking crazy. Like uh. I th- I'm not sure how heavy this thing was. I think it was. It was like over a couple of hundred tons. Fuck! It's it, well, it's really heavy. Yeah, the sort of shit that you go. That is a flying metal brick <laughs> that is about to drop straight out of the sky. So flying mega plane. <laughs> <laughs> so Boeing, in their infinite wisdom, actually has a fail safe. They haven't written anything. No one's documented. Anything about about what happens when both engines fail? Because they hear this massive <laughs> sound that no one's ever heard before, bold, even even yeah. in a sim. Yeah, and they search for it, and it's just like blank pages. But Shit. Boeing have put in uh, a thing that automatically deploys called a ram air turbine, which is basically just a big windmill <laughs> that comes out of the bottom of the plane. If both both engines fail, it just oh. drops with gravity and then it creates enough power to power just the the ailerons and the joystick. Right. Okay. So you can still steer and the, and the tail flap. Right. Um, the only issue with this is that this the you need faster the air is coming through it, the more power you have, the slower the air is going through it, the less power you have. Right. So these guys are going all right. We've got we've got a, got at least semi power uh, and they start doing some uh, some calculations because, and these guys are heroes, but that doesn't stop this being a real just, fucking shit show. Just so many levels of stupidity, yeah. Because it's a fucking fluke that these guys are in this position, <laughs> yeah. Out of everyone, yeah. Because old mate Pearson is a glider pilot. Oh, my God. He's a 20-year trained glider pilot. Holy shit. So these guys are literally the probably the, the, best, the best people, people on, be on the that planet tonight. to be what in this. What are the odds of that? So long. <laughs> they're so fucking long. Oh, eat your heart out, sports bet. So, so they, they're they diverting to Winnipeg, but they're already uh, descending at a very, very fast rate of knots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they realise through doing a couple of manual calculations that in 10 nautical miles, they've lost 5,000 feet. So their glide <sighs> ratio is about 12 to 1. And Winnipeg is way too far away to make that. Yeah. They start thinking of of uh, possibilities. Aircraft control are shitting their fucking pants because yeah. there are no aircrafts that can, are no airports that can take a 767 yeah. within their f- crash ratio. Yeah, yeah. That's when... Kintal, first officer, he proposes landing at the former RCAF station Gimli, which is a closed Air Force base where he once served in the Air Force. Again. What the, the fuck? Oh, such <laughs> so, long <odds>. So lucky. <laughs> but he, and, and, the, and the air tra- traffic controller has not suggested that yeah. because they have no fucking... No, it's yeah. a decommissioned aircraft base and it's yeah. not on any maps. It's not on anything. Yeah. They... They then turn towards Gimli. It's perfect. It's the right distance. It's a it's two long, uh, six point five kilometer uh, runways. runways. Yeah, perfect, amazing. Here's the issue with Gimli. Since it had been decommissioned, it had been bought by the Canadian Automobile Sports Club and turned into a motor vehicle racing track. <laughs> oh shit. And on this day in question, a Saturday, Saturday is race Race day. (laughs) (laughs) Speedway, 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 be there. We've got all kinds of cars. (laughs) Cars, bikes, planes. (laughs) 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 Boeing 767 landing on the runway. So these guys are using a gravity drop, um, which means that 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 causes the landing gear to lower and lock into place. The main gear is locked into place, back wheels. The nose wheel does not lock into place. It just sort of comes down and just hangs there like a limp dick. <laughs> if you can see what I'm doing at rig now, I have my hand. And I, am, I, think, I think everyone I'm, is... I think I'm every, fancy-boying it in your it, direction. Every,
0: <laughs> I think everybody gets the visual when you use a simile like,
1: that is like a limp dick. <laughs> so as the runway drew near, it's become really apparent the aircraft is coming in too high and too fast. Real hot. Also, because all the engines are out, all these motor enthusiasts cannot hear a plane coming because it is silent. So <laughs> with, a, with about 400 feet to go, people notice a fucking jumbo jet <laughs> coming towards them and start losing it. Yeah. There's, there's like uh, a race in progress, Everyone that, everyone that goes and races at these, these carnivals apparently is uh, uh, hillbilly, and so there's yeah. just caravans and tents and people are... so like NASCAR type shit. So one entire runway has been turned into a sports racing track. Then the other runway, there's a, a huge fence that runs down the middle of it for drag racing. Oh, so there is not shit. enough room for this plane to land... Unless it lands with six feet either side of its wingspan. Otherwise, it's going to hit the fences, rip the wings off, which has the fuel in them, and explode. (laughs) These guys are coming in, as I just said, real hot. (laughs) To a drag racing strip in a jumbo jet without power. And the nose wheel is busted. (laughs) As they're coming down, what? these guys are, and because because they're they're slowing down as they're coming in, it's slowing down the amount of power they're getting because the hydraulic wind turbine yeah, less is air. slowing less down, That's air, right? Yeah, oh. so they they've got less and less control. Isn't this fucked? Brady's having heart oh, palpitations. Oh man, I'm just I'm just I'm trying to deal. So. They, the only way for them to uh th- they they consider a thirty three hundred sixty 360 degree turn which when i read it i'm like they're going to do a uh, they're going to do a flip <laughs> i'm like oh no 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 like oh, i get it like a circle <laughs> 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 all right roll this thing <laughs> you know what i think we should do barrel roll <laughs> that'll slow us down yeah. um they don't have enough uh they don't have enough room to do a uh, to do a, a circle and uh, and reduce reduce drag, so they do what is a glider move called a forward slip, which basically increases drag and they lose altitude um, without increasing speed. But it also means that they basically lose control because they're uh, it's just becoming a brick that's sort of that's sort that that's basically coming <laughs> slowly to to ground. But right, uh, <laughs> there's two kids on bikes. That are riding their bikes on the on, drag on, on this drag strip <sighs> because there's no drag racing on that day. Yeah. But the ki- these twelve-year-old boys, yeah, are on pushies, yeah, on the drag strip, just being like kids, yeah. As this fucking plane comes in, these kids, I don't know how. It's like they're in centuries gone past. They would have died at five. Yeah. But they're twelve. They've yeah. made it, and they do not see this thing until it is dead set almost on them. <laughs> And they're on pushies. Yeah. The way these pilots describe it is that they were so close to these kids, they could see the look of terror on their face. (laughs) Oh, my God. As the plane barrels in at uh, (laughs) 220 miles an hour. Fuck. Which, which if you've ever been on a bike, is a bit quicker than you can pedal. (laughs) (laughs) Just, Just a bit. Just marginally. So uh, the, the kids see this and just, and just bundy, yeah. but they're, they're riding away from an impending plane. Yeah. The failure of the front landing gear to come down ends up saving this plane because it comes down, the, uh, the back wheels touch, the front nose goes down onto, its, uh, uh, onto its, its wheel, but they realize that in hindsight, they wouldn't have had any power to stop. They would have just kept going, murdered these kids, run out of runway, yeah. and just eventually stopped in some town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the plane would have exploded. Yeah. Nose, wheel, brakes, nose hits down, friction, starts yep. slow, slowing the plane. Yeah. By pure fuckery, they managed to not clip the wings on this drag racing track. <laughs> so they were within the six feet? They were within six feet. Oh! It's It's insane. It's fucking insane. Oh shit! So, <laughs> how much adrenaline would you? That is like fucking. You've just won the Super Bowl. That is ridiculous. So what's happened is that the only reason they didn't was because the plane has landed, nose down, rotates, scrapes along that. So the nose scrapes along the along the guardrail, yeah. which then means that the wings rotate so that they're actually going almost lengthways, and the tail doesn't get. Uh, uh, it doesn't get clipped, wow. so so eventually this thing, this thing stops. Uh, it comes to a final stop on the ground. 70 minutes after it ran out of fuel, at Gimli, decommissioned Air Force Base. Wow! No one dies.
0: Fuck these me! Guys,
1: these guys have fucking nailed it. However, I'm sweating in
0: this chair. <laughs> it's, like it's I'm, acti-
1: I'm actively sweating. So. There were no serious injuries due to uh, the, uh, the landing. Yeah. There were, however, 27 minor to medium injuries sustained right. as passengers the evacuated. Oh. Because the nose had dipped down. Yeah. There was only one way to get out of the plane that had emergency evacuation slides, yeah. which was the tail which was now sticking up in the air. So they activated the emergency slides. And they're not long enough? And they're not long enough. Everyone jumped on them and a heap of people broke their legs. (laughs) (laughs) So you've just been in a plane crash (laughs) on the way down. You're like, please, God, please, God, please, God. And (laughs) (laughs) you, you, you land... They open the doors. It's like you just oh. want to kiss everyone you love, slide, broken leg. Oh, it's like, fuck. Oh, had you, oh, you broke that leg in the crash? No, the slide wasn't long enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's, it's, in, it's insanity. So after, after all this, you'd imagine that there's a fairly lengthy uh, and rigorous investigation. investigation. yeah. So what is, what is determined directly after this? Captain Pearson is demoted for six months. Yeah. First officer Quintal is suspended for two weeks for allowing the incident to happen. Everyone in the maintenance team is suspended, which is exactly what should what should happen. So that's yeah. that's like nineteen. Let's late nineteen eighty three. Uh, they quickly sort of look at this and go, "Yeah, look, pilots didn't do didn't do great. They should have really should really checked everything. Yeah, but the maintenance crew are criminals." <laughs> So these guys, the maintenance guys, get fucked. They get axed. Do they? they get they get axed. Criminal charges. They get sued. The rest criminal of it. Criminal charges. Yeah. Fuck it. All, oh my god, that's uh, hectic. The but the flip side for the pilots is that they're awarded the first ever Federation <laughs> Aeronautique Internationale diploma for outstanding airmanship in 1985. Wow. Yep. And did they go? They they still flew. They kept flying. Well, okay. So here's the reason they got that award. Right. Because the the Federation aeronautic uh, put I can do French. <laughs> <laughs> they they put a lot of other crews in the sim, and they bong them out with with no engines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they all crash. It's yeah. a, it's it's like the it's like the movie Flight. Yeah. Where every everything every story about a pilot landing a plane where you go that is fucked. Yeah. No one else can do it. Yeah. Because they are just the luckiest fucks in yeah. the world. And, uh, yeah. and, and so these, these guys, even in even in interviews, they're they're sort of walking around like heroes and the rest of it. I've gone, look, but it was, I'm gonna I appreciate the service that mm, you guys gave mm. to that particular situation with your particular set of skills. Yeah. But that does not overshadow the fact that the two of you are negligent fucks who happen <laughs> to know how to fly a glider. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievably negligent. Oh my the, maintenance God. Are, the maintenance crew, the maintenance crew, hectic. But yeah. Anyway, so they are uh, they they keep they keep flying. They get back on get back on some some other crews. And here's the fuck thing. This the flight one four three. That yeah. that plane, the the Seagorn Air Canada plane. Yeah, they just put it back into the, they put it back into the commission they just like, all right, well, I mean, it crashed, but let's fix her up and get her back out there in the skies. Oh, f- wow. Yeah. Really, really fucking hectic. Shit. And so it flies for another, for another 25 years, uh, and it flew its last revenue flight on the 1st of January 2008. <laughs> on the 24th of January 2008, it takes its final voyage from Montreal to Tucson, and guess who's on board? PSO. Of course he is. Yeah. They invite Captains Robert Pearson and Maurice Quintal on board. And just along with three of the six flight attendants who are on Flight 143, I assume the other three said, not in your fucking life. <laughs> I'm never flying with those two clowns. They are glider pilots. <laughs> and just for fucking shits and giggles and the memories, they Let's just bong them out. on the engines.
0: <laughs> Put them in the sim, but in real life. <laughs> Experience <laughs> the wonder of what it was like on that day. <laughs>
1: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We've just decided, for old time's sake, to put Bob behind the joystick and blow both fucking engines out. So uh, <laughs> strap your dicks in. <laughs> so the, uh, the only other thing is that they uh, they made an amazing uh, straight to TV movie about this. Awesome, which, which is called Falling from the Sky: Colon Flight One Seven Four. And that is the... <laughs> we'll post that I thought up.
0: it was 143.
1: Yep, it is. They just decided to change it for oh, the... for copyright. For, like, for copyright. The, uh, um, look at the tagline underneath the, the, the title. A true story of a hero in the making. The one above that. The funnier one. Out of fuel, out of time. <laughs> <laughs> there is a picture of a, a dramatic recreation of this, which is just the actor playing Bob Pearson screaming... <laughs> So this thing went. (laughs) This thing went straight to DVD, straight to TV. Sorry, and uh, and was uh, critically panned Uh, because because as they uh, as they said in some of the reviews, uh, it was a a huge issue with uh, with taking out some of the monumental maintenance oversights that caused this, and focusing on a couple of other parts of the (laughs) of the story. But this is how it starts. And you tell me whether this is a great narrative device or a terrible one. Plot. Two airline pilots experience a sudden loss of power in the two engines of their airliner due to a fuel pump failure and end up crashing shortly afterwards, albeit in a flight simulator. In complete disbelief that such a scenario could ever happen in real life, they protest the examiner. He tells them that this isn't a dream. This really happened. (laughs) Q story, yeah. <laughs> you know something's going straight to TV when it starts with a dream sequence.
0: <laughs> oh, mate, that was fantastic. I literally, I've sweat
1: through this shirt, and yeah. I have to go to work. <laughs> oh, I, can, I can see it. So that is the story of the Gimli Glider. If you wanna, if you wanna look it up, um, the there's a couple of amazing videos. Which I uh, <laughs> didn't realize that there's just nerds out there who make unbelievable recreation like digital. Air crash videos, right? And so, and they take all of the black box um, audio out of the uh, out of the original crash and the rest of it, and they just redo it like. A 1996 video game, yeah, right. And, and they, they're these YouTube videos. So, Yeah, wow. there's a full 17. Can check that out? Full 17 minute thing of it. I was pissed because when they land it, there's no drag racing. There's no cars. There's, there's no not, kids. There's, there's no kids. It's all it's all pretty bullshit. But yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe don't see it. Maybe just listen to this twice. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> all right, mate. That was. Fucking awesome uh,
0: for another Spotlight for the week, which means we can go into our little spiel about how to contact us. We've got big news. It's huge. We've got huge news. And the huge news is that you don't have to awkwardly fucking try to find our show because we had to explain it in weird terms every single week. Yeah, we've got, we got two really easy ways now. We've got two ways. And here it is. Look us up. Shit show on iTunes. It's literally like that. You spell shit show all one word. Yeah, you will find us. Yep, that's a new development. I'm shit. not going to tell you where we came from to get to that point because you'll just get more confused. Shit show spelt as it sounds, as it should be, as it should be one word. Shit show. If you want to get amongst any of the other content that we do have and that we put uh, on online, we do have a website, shitshow.com.au. Also. Follow us on Twitter, at Shitshowcast. And that is about it for us for another
1: week. Oh, yeah. We've, if you want to suggest anything for the show, uh, there is a new page that we've uh, we've had created for us. Uh, thank you to The Brag for uh, continuing to, to support us. But they've created a, sh- a show called uh, This Shouldn't Have Happened. No, it's a, it's, it's a group called Should Have Known Better. I, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yep. Oh, I should have written it down, shouldn't I? We should have. Well, that's fine should have known better the facebook page <laughs> the facebook uh
0: the facebook community the facebook we have a lot we, we have a lot of people okay look
1: i don't do this part i, we, just, I wanted that's to fine. contribute something that's fine we and, have a,
0: that's fine we 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 have a lot, <laughs> we have a lot of people every week friends family random strangers from montana giving <laughs> us giving us messages saying hey guys Uh, got got some great ideas or saw this and I thought of you guys and they sent us the links. The only problem is they'll send it to us in a Facebook message, uh, like a Facebook messenger thing and we'll forget about it. We'll screenshot it while we're out getting hammered and we'll never look at it again and then we forget it. And we don't want that to happen. We want to give people the shout outs that they well and truly deserve. So we've set up this sort of Facebook community for
1: you guys to kind of get on board and kind of half do our jobs for us. Yeah, that'd uh, that'd be just fantastic. Um, We've also got some things that we'll be announcing over, over the coming Weeks, uh, which uh, we will maybe tie it over to the to the next ep But if you have ever harbored a desire to see this show live in its in its format being done in front of your eyes, you might just get the chance. We'll see you so soon. So good. See you soon. <laughs> I'm <laughs>